You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, hope you're all enjoying your holiday weekend. Normally, we would not come to you unless it was big news or a Saturday post-game podcast. So I think you know there's big news to discuss here for Penn State. Back-to-back commitments coming through for the Nittany Lions class here in early July. We told you last episode it was going to be a big month of class building. Finished June with 12 commitments. The only commitment in June was Tyler Johnson, the wide receiver. Get to know a couple more names. J.B. Nelson, another Lackawanna College product, an offensive lineman committing to the Nittany Lions. And then on Saturday, Keon Wiley, a linebacker, edge rusher, uh, addressing a defensive need there out of Philadelphia. He's the third Philadelphia prospect on board in this class, and he's out of Imhotep Institute. Sean, we've seen a lot of offensive movement early in the cycle, and that continued into June. Now we see the defense start to fill up some spots. Yeah, I feel like that's where the focus is going to be over the next couple of weeks. I know there's still positions to be filled out in the offensive line. Uh, Running back is certainly something that you could watch in the next week or two. Um, And, and of course, wide receiver, it seems like they're not afraid to take more wide receivers than they need. Uh, but defensively, you've got spots across that defensive uh, front um, and and at linebacker, actually at all three levels of the defense, I guess it's fair to say. Um, so you're going to start right now with Keon Wiley, the most recent commitment. By the way, we're recording this on a Thursday, so hopefully everything goes to plan. Um, if somebody pops before then, other than these two, I'm sorry, you're out of luck. Uh, that's kind of how we're trying to build it out for the holiday weekend, get this in the can. But uh, Keon Wiley, uh, an impressive player for Imitap. Uh, very interesting uh, sort of to track him during the pandemic because this was a guy that Penn State offered last spring. You weren't sure, is he a defensive end? Is he an, uh, is he a linebacker? What's his true size? We heard anywhere between six foot to six three. He's about six one and a half, so he kind of split the difference for us. We appreciate that. Uh, I'm projecting him as a linebacker right now. Uh, I think he can play in the box. I think he's athletic enough and he's instinctive enough to do that. Um, probably if you're going to rate him, I think we have him rated as a linebacker, but you could probably rate him as an edge prospect because he can rush the passer. He's got a he's had a lot of success playing at Imitep, rushing the passer. So um, I'm interested to see where this one goes in the next couple of years. But this is a a really high level player. Like we said, I think on the episode uh, or a couple episodes ago, there's a lot of guys in Philly that think he's the best football player in Philly. And that's not necessarily the best prospect. And I white is big, beautiful kid moves very well. Um, a lot of potential left to tap into him. Ken Talley's very good as well. Um, but a lot of people think that Keon Wiley, you put him out there and he, he can be productive for you. Interested to see when the Shaka Tony comparisons come. I think he's very similar, probably not as long as Shaka. Um, and I don't know that a lot of people have the same bounce that Shaka has. And I don't think people realize how, how just kind of how bouncy he is as a prospect or was as a prospect. Um, but Wiley's probably pretty similar. Uh, if you remember, Penn State offered and recruited Shaka as a linebacker originally, eventually moving to defensive end. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened with Wiley eventually. Um, but for now, I think he's a guy that you can slot in there probably as a will outside linebacker. Um, going to take some time to learn the position, but uh, really, really good football player. Highly regarded among his peers that that really comes through during conversations. I caught up with Ken Talley earlier this week and, and brought up Wiley's name. And, and I, I, you know, it's, it's, he wants to fill, he's like tired of watching the offense add all these, all these guys and he wants to see some defensive movement. This guy was clearly near the top of his board. A big part of that, of course, is he wants to see a strong Penn State presence in, in Philadelphia and another player on board now. 
Talia already preceded him, and so did Tyrese Mills, a Northeast High School product now in Lackawanna. Um, and I think with Keon Talley, what did I say a couple of weeks ago heading into his official visit? He felt like the kind of kid that if Penn State were to kind of turn its nose up at a commit or, or just you know say we want to we want to wait, we want to slow play this felt like one that you'd regret four or five years down the line where he ends up with, with a, with a pit or a, a Michigan state or a Wisconsin, just throwing out some of these teams that seem to grab some, some leftover players uh, in the region who turn into really strong players for them. Um, instead, Penn state, I, I think, you know, they, 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 they like what they saw. They had an in-person assessment. They came out of that. They were ready to move forward and they get the job done here. And I think it's, it's a really strong pickup pickup. I think because of now where the ratings are and the rankings are, and guys were waiting on announcements from it's going to be an under the radar pickup in the grand scheme as this class comes together. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned uh, Michigan state because it seems like, you know, in the past Ohio state obviously has recruited the, the, the lights out, but there's been so many of those Ohio kids who have ended up at Michigan state and have done pretty well. So Wiley could fit there. I also like that you combined Keon Wiley and Ken Talley called him Keon Talley because that's an interesting dynamic in this cycle as well, because we thought, yeah, you did. I, I, I realize you didn't realize that until now, uh, but we thought Tally would be the linebacker. Wiley would be the potential defensive end. It seems like they've kind of flip-flopped. We've got Keon Wiley, 6'2", 210. Um, you know, Ken Talley is now at about 244. So that's uh, is very, very different in terms of body type. But uh, he's a guy that I think is on the rise. Brian Doan went and saw him this spring and, and was really, I think, blown away. Is is might be, a, might be a stretch to say blown away, but he was really excited about Keon Wiley afterward. Um, he's the number 58 linebacker nationally, number 13 prospect in uh, Pennsylvania by 24-7 sports. He went from uh, an 85, I believe it was, um, and then Don went and saw him play, bumped him up to an 88. Um, so he's been a guy that's been upward in the trajectory. Would like to see some testing numbers on him. He didn't camp, didn't work out for Penn State. So tough to come across those to see how well he runs. If you're indeed going to put him in that will linebacker spot. Um, but this is one that the, the Penn State sort of locked down after his official visit two weeks ago. And, and they're happy to have him. With Wiley here, Sean, um, I, I think you know a dozen sacks. It's a very productive season, and I, it was not a complete season in terms of a full schedule uh, for his junior year. When you look at his ability to get after the quarterback as that edge rusher potential, but also with what you need at linebacker, we've been trying to put our finger on what, what does Penn State need and what does Penn State want at linebacker right now with Brent Pride. We, we've seen some really talented prospects come through. Some have moved on to become starters and, and, and advance their careers really well with the Lions. Others have, have gone elsewhere and it hasn't worked out for them. But in that room, what exactly is Penn State looking for? Do you think this fits that linebacker mold or are you more inclined, as you just said, that he moves up toward the front? I think he's on the line there. Um, I And by on the line, I mean between, not on the defensive line. Um, I, I think he's in between there. I think he might be a guy that starts his career at linebacker, eventually moves down. Um, it, it's interesting because you look at what Penn State's doing at linebacker and you say, what what's going on here? And there's not a ton of, you know, cut and dry answers there. Um, you know, Moses Walker was in for, for an official visit over at the end of June. I think that went better than expected probably. Um, so, you know, that's, he's more of a natural linebacker, natural fit there. Um, you know, Jay Sean Barham was up for an official visit. This is a guy that they've been on for a long, long time. Um, you know, he's a, probably a Mike to defensive end type guy as well. Um, so it, there's plenty of questions out there. I think it's going to come more from the safety side of things than from the linebacker to defensive end side of things. 
I do think Wiley is capable of, of playing without his hand in the dirt. Um, it, it's interesting because he's got those sack numbers and, and they look great. Um, but to be honest with you, I, I'm not, I'm not sold that he's a next level type pass rusher. That's going to come in and, and, you know, uh, just translate that to the college game. Um, a lot of that is the, where they play and the, the style of football that they play in, in Philly, in the city. And um, that's great. He's tremendously productive when he does it, but I don't know that he's a guy that you project long-term, you know, like a deny Dennis Sutton or somebody that, that else like that on the edge. So it'd be interesting to see how his game translates, but I think it, I think he's okay in the box right now. Um, going back to your original question, what are you looking for at linebacker? I don't know. They're all over the place. And it's really been one of those great mysteries of this, uh, of this cycle, because you've got, the Florida guys, you know, Wesley Besant, this, they're still in it with him. Um, Sean Murphy, we expected to visit in June. That never happened. I don't really see Penn State as a heavy player there. Um, but then you got guys like Wiley and you've got potential safeties or potential cornerbacks that can end up there. So don't have a ton of answers on that on that front. But it's and it's still one of those big mysteries moving forward. I see a linebacker here in Wiley. Um, the, the crystal balls were stacked up for Penn State's uh, favor here. That's what comes to fruition. Same deal with J.B. Nelson. It's one that we were waiting for, Sean. The past felt like three or four podcasts. You said, let's keep an eye on J.B. Nelson. Could be a name that moves soon. It happens. Uh, Phil Troutwine picks up an offensive lineman from the junior college ranks. Uh, this is the second time in, in, in just a few cycles where you get an offensive lineman out of Lackawanna following up Anthony Wigan, who's on this 2021 roster at guard. Um, of course, Tyrese Mills already from Lackawanna. Uh, and this means for the third time in four cycles, Sean, I know that some people love this and some people don't necessarily like it as much. Multiple players in a Penn State recruiting class from that program in Scranton. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things that I think it'll be debated because um, you've got guys, Paris Palmer came in, I thought, you know, he was playing well by the time he got injured and then all of a sudden his career's over. Um, and then Anthony Wigan has come in and really hasn't done anything. He, we, we, we looked at him as a potential tackle uh, coming out of Lackawanna. They moved him to the interior. He had to bulk up or actually work on his lower body. I'm just curious where, where JB Nelson fits in that scale. And it's, it's not fair to put him in that position between those other two guys. Um, Nelson's a big dude, uh, six, five plus three twenty plus, uh, I slate him as an interior offensive lineman probably has the length to play tackle if they needed to, but I'm not sure that that fits his, his skill set as well. Um, so I, I'm curious to see where he, where he goes with that, but I do think, and I said it on the last episode this week, um, he's going to need a strength program. He's going to need to reshape that body. Um, He's a big, massive kid. Uh, it's not the most uh, appealing, uh, no offense to him if he's listening, but not the most appealing body makeup. So he's going to have that to work on, but he does have four years to play three. And I think that's a that's a big thing when you're talking about replacing a Nate Bruce or, or trying to figure out where he slots into the future. Adding that extra year on there is such a big deal. And let's remember, we heard this from Tyrese, even though they're a year into their junior college career, it was not a normal year for them either. That they're, they're behind in their development. They're behind in their progress. They got this power five opportunity here nearby with Penn State, but I think you're going to see those guys try to make strides here. They're getting two seasons in one year before they get uh, to, to the next level. But I think it's going to be really important for them to rack up games at the junior college level, rack up uh, reps in the weight room as well when they get back to campus. And I think the frame is there for him to play tackle, but I just don't have any evidence to go off of about the athleticism and whether he can truly handle a perimeter role against the kind of Big Ten edge rushers that you're going to see. See in, in in your biggest games of the season, the guy's got to protect that quarterback. 
I don't know how it fits in making that kind of transition. I got to see it a, a little bit more here this fall, but Penn State, Phil Trautwein seemed to make him a priority pretty quickly after extending that offer in early June, Sean. Uh, they get the job done there. And now that's a three offensive lineman. A big focus for our most recent podcast episode was Drew Shelton locking things in with Penn State, a legitimate big time offensive line prospect there that we expect to play tackle. Um, still on board, and that's going to be the case moving forward towards signing day. You've got Malik McNeil. On, uh, on board now. He's a huge frame. You want to talk about guys that are, are big and are going to you know, have to go through some transformation process. He fits that bill uh, coming in from the high school level in this case. And then you've got a junior college guy coming in who's going to be 20 years old in that range. Where else does this class fill out position-wise and, and numbers-wise? Well, you got my my mind running here and the hamster started going to testing numbers from J.B. Nelson because that's really where that came about. And talked to some guys at West Virginia when he went down there for camp, did really well. Um, he came to Penn State for the whiteout camp on the 6th. Uh, Eight-foot, nine-inch broad jump which does not happen for somebody that's 323 pounds. Um, so that's pretty explosive for that. Uh, about a four, eight shuttle five two forty. looked really good. Um, probably more athletic. I talked about his body makeup, um, a little sloppy, but more, athlete. there's some athleticism under there, which I think is, is certainly, uh, intriguing. If you're Phil Troutwine, uh, I think the other thing to think about that is he tested, I don't know if it was a long side, but he tested at the same camp as Ryan Brubaker. One of them stock went up, the other stock went the other way. So, I mean, I think that says what you're looking at in terms of uh, evaluations and things like that. Um, as for your second question, I don't really remember what it was because I can't focus on things too long. Num- num- numbers wise, this offensive line class, you've got three now on board from a positional perspective and from a number standpoint, how much of a chunk it's going to take up of this class. Where are we right now with this addition? Probably five, but uh, you know how we we talk about not taking junior college numbers into account. Um, so that number might be six if they find the right guy. I don't know that the right guy is out there um, to to extend it that far unless something comes around at the end of the cycle or you know in the fall or something like that, which is certain. You know, it's happened before, so I'm not not shutting that out. Um, but you've got Shelton, you've got Malik McNeil. Those guys are both tackles for you. Um, you've got uh, Nelson, who's probably a swing guy. Andre Roy's probably a tackle. So continue to build up that tackle board is is certainly very important. And as we've seen, it's easier to make tackles guards than guards tackles. It seem, they seem like they've gotten lucky with Caden Wallace, um, but you you would rather work from the outside in than inside out. So I think you're probably looking at five, six, uh, you know, you, you want to add, you'd love to add a Mill Wagner. I don't, I don't really see that one happening, but you'd love to add a Mill Wagner to this class, came in and took an official visit. Um, Gunnar Givens still out there. And of course, Andre Roy, who we mentioned earlier, and then we'll see what happens in the fall, I guess. Phil Troutwine is in year number two right now, but I think it's been really interesting to, to watch him assess this group. He doesn't say a whole lot on them when we have media sessions, but I know that that his mind's got to be moving with what he sees in each of these guys, how his evaluation has developed since he first got to campus, because he didn't personally recruit many of them to, to Penn State. He, he had five that he inherited from the 2020 recruiting class. I know at Boston College, he was engaged with some of them, but you know he, he's coming off of a cycle now where he's got one guy he was involved with the recruiting process, Landon Tengwall. Nate Bruce is no longer with the program. Eric Wilson comes in from Harvard. Harvard, one and done situation. Maybe he's your starter at left guard. Either way, he's gone after this year. So to me, there is so much emphasis on on really hitting with this 2022 recruiting class. It's really the first one that's going to have the full uh, you know seal of Phil Fratwine on it. And you know we've got a ways to go, but I think this is one target board where 
maybe exiting the 2020 season versus approaching the 2021 season, it feels like there's been as much upheaval here as there has been anywhere. I feel like he's stuck to his evaluations. And, and we talked about Brubaker a little bit earlier. You know, everybody saw Gunnar Givens early in the prospect as a five-star can't miss. And now all of a sudden he's down to, to Virginia Tech and Penn State. And, you know, there, there's even questions, you know, where was he at take the whole time? You know, it's, it's the, those things are kind of the, you know, if, you, if you're following along on the surface, you want to see them get the highest rated p- players possible. But there have been some guys that have been high, seemingly high on the board, high in the star chart or something like that, that, you know, it just hasn't worked out. It just it wasn't all that high on. And yeah. it's probably, it, it, I think it's a circumstance of the pandemic in terms of not seeing these guys or seeing one thing from these guys and not seeing it from another guy. And, you know, that, that there are certainly guys that you missed. Ty Chan was a, a very talented guy who's going to Notre Dame. Um, but you, you look at what was out there early and it doesn't always match up with what's going on there now. And I think that that's interesting. You see the emergence of a guy like Andre Roy, who really was an afterthought when they offered him. And and for the most part, the couple months after they offered them, all of a sudden comes out and looks really good in the spring and then moves up the board. So I think that that's been one of the most interesting dynamics to watch is taking on his own evaluations, um, figuring out whether this guy fits, whether this guy doesn't fit. And, you know, and at times moving on from some players that you think, okay, this guy's a, a, a no brainer take. So that'll be something to, to write down at some point. Um, and I don't think it's, you know, as I sit here and sort of spin the wheel and, and try and do talk myself in circles here, I don't think that, that this is the time, but it's been really interesting to watch this board, the, the ebbs and flows on this board, because it's been very different than what you would think just when you take a look at our rankings. All right, Sean, one addition on both sides of the ball. This Penn State class now has 14 total commitments at this point, and, and that number, expecting that to probably change again before we get on with you for another podcast, uh, folks. Sean, 14 guys, what is next? What what should everybody be, if they're on lines 24-7, what should they be checking out? What are they, should they expect the buzz to be about right now? That depends when you're listening to this podcast, because by the time you check this one out, Penn State might have another one on board, So or a couple more on board. So it uh, really depends on when you're listening. I mean, you're, you're looking at July 4th as a very active day. You're looking at the week afterward. Uh, you know, you're talking about a potential decision from, uh, from Nick Singleton. And by the way, that we're, we're recording on Thursday. So it's kind of hard to say what's gone public and what hasn't um, by then. Um, but uh, by, by Saturday, when we plan, plan to release this, but yeah, there's a lot to watch. Well, we will be watching and we will be talking about it when it happens. But for now, Penn State finally getting some movement with the commitments. I know that patience was dwindling for a lot of folks. Maybe that had already hit empty uh, for a lot of people by the time June was over. But now July, starting to see that build, see the class build. Sean and I are going to get back to our holiday weekends. They're really, it's Thursday. So we're going to get back. Hopefully we're already enjoying it. Hopefully you are. And we'll talk to you real soon. Penn State coverage on lines247.com and of course right here on lines247 podcast.